Hey, and welcome back to Being Epic, a podcast where we take honest conversations to a new level. I'm Julieta, your host, and my guest and I are here to remove filters, stigmas, and insecurities and create a collective energy of being vulnerable, of being honest, and of sharing each other's epic ideas. We give you culture, knowledge, and inspiration by shining a spotlight on personal journeys so we can adapt our opinions and perspectives and let go of restraints. As always, before we get started, you can find Being Epic on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Anchor. Hit subscribe if you haven't already and take a minute to leave a review. It really helps getting the podcast to new listeners. So you already know today's guest, which is the wonderful Veronica Tucker. I asked her in the outro to our last episode, which we recorded about two months ago, so talk about time flying, um, if she would like to continue the conversation because I wanted to chat with her about a few more things in depth. And she said yes. Yay! Heads up. Of course, we didn't cover everything we wanted to, but more on that later. This episode is super special because it really felt like friends catching up. We talk about working from home, um, a very guilty enjoyment we both share, learning our way around pricing, anxiety, and what we do to help ease it, what a working day looks like, um, imposter syndrome, and of course, the creative industry and how devastating the sentences, oh, but it only takes you five minutes to do this, or I can do that myself is. If you haven't heard our first episode, I would suggest to tune into that because I also asked her what has changed for her and her label in the last two months in today's episode. So if you want to have kind of a timeline do that. Um, but otherwise, let's not keep you on the edge of your seat any longer. So here's my catch up with Veronica. So, okay, first of all, I'd like an update on how <laughs> you're <laughs> on how you're doing on how your business is doing, because I've been obviously following everything on Instagram, like a <laughs> creeper. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's been it's been really good and really overwhelming and really amazing and mm. I think just like a big growing period for me because I'm you know learning as I go still I guess I'm sure that will never stop happening but I'm starting to put some steps in place to I guess look into the future and mm -hmm. see what that looks like as a way of finding a more sustainable way of working Mm -hmm. um so I've been quite overwhelmed with orders which is fantastic yeah. um but it's just about finding a way to I think because I'm the person who's like gonna say yes to everything I'm just mm -hmm. trying to find a way to work going forward so for actually tomorrow is when I archive all my current designs on my mm -hmm. website so that's going to give me – so every design that's on, currently on my website is going to be archived and there will be nothing available, I think, except kind of scrunchies made from leftover fabric. Um, so that's going to give me an opportunity to work through the current orders that I've got, both like my designs and custom designs, 
as -hmm. well as multitasking, building my winter collection. And Mm -hmm. I'm hoping to do that collection with a local studio. So she lives like this girl um, works with her mum and has like a small studio near me. And Mm -hmm. yeah, she hires seamstresses there. And so I'm hoping to collaborate with her on my Mm -hmm. next collection. So then I can work with her on that and then I can sew the custom orders. Mm -hmm. So that is the potential plan. Mm -hmm. Yes. Did you expect um, so many orders coming in? Because I remember <laughs> we I th- we recorded on the 1st of April, right? So it's been about two months. Yeah. Um, and I think we both had kind of a iffy feeling as to yes. how this whole period was going to go. Yes. Um, and it has, yeah, been a complete yeah. surprise. Yeah. Um, it has like... I really think it has shifted. I think the the combination of everyone having a lot of time at home and being able to be on their mm-hmm. phones um, with things happening in the world and people seeing the supply chains that big companies are working off and how when it's all based, you know, they're putting all their eggs in one basket in China or whatever, wherever it is, mm-hmm. they're seeing how that can fall over so quickly because we're relying so heavily on outsourcing to other mm-hmm. countries So I think people are realising to, you know, and having the time to do their research to, you know, think about local, supporting local and supporting small. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's actually been incredible to, like, communicate and connect with those people who are just really ready and willing to be educated and to change the way that they're spending. So, yeah, it's been Mm -hmm. crazy. Good crazy. I just, <laughs> always good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just remember I saw you putting out the Zoe tea. Yeah. Um, and then that selling out super quick and the scrunchies, which oh my were God. flying. <laughs> like I, I was one of those. <laughs> I feel like I've made like over a hundred scrunchies. <laughs> oh, wow. Like who would have thought? But I think it's the combination of like, you know, I'm making those scrunchies just from leftover fabric from like custom Mm -hmm. orders. So Mm -hmm. I think the combination of it being like a zero waste kind of circular model and it being like, you know, a cheaper price point, easily Mm -hmm. accessible. A lot of girls use them. Like it's just that crazy formula where it's just like people love it. So Mm -hmm. it was handy. (laughs) i mean it's always the case with every fashion brand right that accessories actually sell best um i didn't know that (laughs) (laughs) i've learned that now yeah fun fact um yeah because you you don't have to rely on size and you are more Mm. willing to spend x amount of money because it's more of a trendy thing like you like you also have a whole selection of different um, fabrics and Mm. prints and colors. So, and especially at a lower price point, you're more likely to buy more of them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because you're like, oh, it doesn't matter if it, I mean, a scrunchie will always fit. Yeah, absolutely. So you can always switch them out. It's, yeah, it's like earrings. I don't know. Yes. Um, I need to, you know what? I would love to know how to make jewelry. 
that's like yeah I'm like considering once things are opening and happening of doing like a jewelry making class so you never know (laughs) (laughs) well I love everything you do and I oh yes it's just it's heaven (laughs) (laughs) so supportive I love it Um, I'm still waiting for my scrunchies, so Ugh. just in case you were wondering if I haven't posted them, I'm I'm waiting. I'm as sure soon as I get them, I heard we'll go into the stories. Yeah, <laughs> I heard from another girl that apparently it's taking like two to three months. That's yeah. I'm just like far out. So they're in there. They're somewhere. They're in the there world right now. They're there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've just all got a be patient Mm -hmm. um especially if we order from far away Mm, um but yeah this whole i don't know this whole situation is just nuts crazy um but yeah so you said you say yes to pretty much everything (laughs) (laughs) no well i've actually had to start a waiting list um excel spreadsheet Wow. (laughs) Yeah, because I was like, that's the thing. I'm saying yes to everything, yes to everything. And it's gotten to a point where I just just can't fit that many things inside my head at once. You know, like I'm Mm. sourcing. I've currently got something, I think about 23 custom orders. So I'm currently got all those kind of whirling around my head every day, thinking Mm. about where they're all at. What am I sourcing? What trims do I need? you know, where am I at in the pattern making stage and stuff. So I think I've just had to kind of draw the line and be like, yes, I am happy to take on other orders, but I want to put them on a list. And all the, every, mm-hmm. all the girls who've contacted me are like super happy to go on the list. So that's actually been amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Do you think it, it shows the beginning phase of how the fashion system will change through this that people are actually willing to wait for um, products to be made and arrive at their homes rather than shopping it instantaneously and receiving it instantaneously I think right now yes I'm not sure going forward Mm -hmm. Um, because that's the thing people have the time now they don't have events planned whereas I just wonder whether that would change once people start planning things and you know they need things by a certain time Mm -hmm. but I do think people are thinking more like um seasonless about their Mm -hmm. wardrobe so they are investing in some pieces I do I do think that no one's really got you know an all custom made wardrobe or an all fast fashion wardrobe Mm -hmm. I think it's about um trying to find that balance between those two Um, and Mm -hmm. slowly making those purchasing choices but um, I've had one girl where I made her a custom dress and Mm -hmm. she basically just said to me she's like look I'm just gonna keep coming back to you for dresses and I want you to quote me for another one and it's like amazing to have that relationship like that's what I'm really aiming for is Mm -hmm. to be that person for someone where they're just like oh I don't really need to go and like buy you know you know, expensive dresses and stuff that a hundred other people have got. Like, I'm happy to keep coming back to you. You've got my sizes. You know what I want. I can get exactly what I want. So, yeah, it's been kind of amazing to begin those relationships and get them coming back again and again. 
Do you think it's coupled with the fact that um, I know for myself I'm tired of wearing something that half the world can also be wearing at the mm -hmm. same time and then you run into them and you're like, oh yeah, we both know where we got that piece from. Yeah. And <laughs> kind of looking for more of um, a unique touch again. For sure. And I think the beauty of having something custom made is that it's not just my design and I'm saying, here, you have to wear this. Like we collaborate mm -hmm. together. And if you say, right. I, you know, a tailored waist suits me and like this length suits me and I really love it when I, you know, find garments who have that, that have that type of sleeve, like you're telling me, you're kind of, you know, mixing and matching all the things that you know that you love. And then I'm just adding mm -hmm. a little bit of creative flair to that and some mm -hmm. suggestions. And then we kind of come up with it together. So it's more of a collaboration process as opposed to, you know, me just designing something for you and making you wear it, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get overwhelmed by the amount of custom orders that you get when you like you said you have a spreadsheet where you keep the waiting list yeah. um I mean for myself when I have a like huge to-do list mm. I get anxiety pretty quickly oh a hundred percent oh my okay. god like honestly I've actually really had to like purposefully I actually, so these are the things that I've been doing to deal with my anxiety. Tell I me. have, <laughs> okay, the best <laughs> thing that I've done is mm -hmm. do, starting to do yoga every single day. Yes. Oh my God, it's actually <laughs> changed my life. And when I don't do it, I get like really antsy and like, you know, mm -hmm. I get in my head a lot and I can't go to sleep at night because I'm just thinking of all the things I have to do. But so mm -hmm. I finish work at like 5.30 and I just know at that time I – go upstairs I put my it's this girl on YouTube called yoga with Adrian and she's just got mm -hmm. the most calming voice and I just kind of sit there for half an hour and I guess just find a way to switch off and mm -hmm. yeah just l <laughs> learn how to breathe again because yeah you know hunched over the sewing machine so yoga's really really helped me and mm -hmm. what else have I been doing I've been having to set timers on my phone when I'm sewing because otherwise I'm picking up my phone every like two minutes, you know, mm -hmm. and that's an issue that I have, but you know, I'm learning, mm -hmm. I'm learning. I'm trying to like, you know, set timers for myself and get a lot more work done. And then, you know, that's the priority. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Have you been doing some, have you been doing yoga as well? Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> I used to do yoga many many moons ago um and I did it for a year um and it really helped me back then I was writing my bachelor thesis mm. and it was kind of like it was last year of uni and it's kind of a mess all around so I remember that helping me plus I have spine issues and not very flexible so all of that factored in um that helped and then once this and then I kind of just dropped it but then once this quarantine started um and I was realizing that again like the spine issues the mental health isn't quite there mm. like I'm anxious again and to the point where I 
I don't know if you have this, but I kind of forget how to breathe in the <gasps> sense that I just exactly have the this, same like, as me. Yes, like this weird. <laughs> yes, slow breathing. No, okay, exactly the same oh. as me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. a breathing thing. I just get a very right. shallow. Like I feel like I can't get a full breath in. Right, and, and so my body's so, like shutting just, down. <laughs> yeah, and it just accumulates you know like the Mm. longer that period goes on if you don't do anything active about it Mm. it's just it's so overwhelming um and then I just did a random yoga session on the Nike app and I was like oh this feels good like my Mm. spine is feeling better like flexibility mentally I'm like calm for Mm. a minute so I actually, yeah, I started doing it every morning. I'm a little weird, so I usually do my flow like between six and seven in the oh morning. Cause my God, <laughs> good on you. Well, <laughs> only because I naturally just wake up at five thirty with the sunlight. Wow. It's I like I don't plan this. Like I don't set an alarm. Nothing. And so I started doing that and I've honestly, it's life-saving. Amazing. Yes. Oh, all about that. That, and then for when it gets really bad, I take CBD. (laughs) Nice. Do you know that's not legal here, so. (laughs) What? I know, right? That I I would have totally guessed based on all the natural cosmetics and skincare and all your cool brands over there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, Mm. um, I think it would help a lot of people, but I I just don't know. Like, I I don't know what it is about. Yeah. I think it's just a bit behind in that aspect. Mm. Yeah. But that's great. You've got, you've got your tears of what you need and when you need it. And that's amazing. That's great. (laughs) <laughs> you gotta have a plan you gotta have a plan yeah the anxiety you do yeah mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> um what has been your favorite project that you've taken on during the last couple of months been i've really i mean it's it's not a garment but i guess renovating the studio kind of with my mom has been really fun yeah um so it's this little space under my mom's house that she's kind of it's just previously been used as storage and we're so close to it being done like it's like a week away from being done it's just like the final touch is going in so it's been so much fun to spend that time with her you know picking out colors and finishes and you know different aspects of the studio and I think it's just been a fun thing to do together Mm mm-hmm so I've been really enjoying that. And also buying a lot of things online to like decorate. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> spending yep, money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like the perfect time where you could save money, but for Mm-mm. some reason it doesn't work that way. For I'm like, me it's for the studio. It's not for me. <laughs> it's fine. You know, but it's good. I've been, I've been, I think too, like just as much as other people that have time for me and what I'm doing on, you know, Instagram and social and stuff, mm. I have a lot of time now to be hunting down local artists and ceramicists and, you know, people who are doing some amazing stuff as opposed to just, you know, going to bigger brands and buying with them. Mm. I'm, them. I'm really spending the time 
you know, hunting through Instagram and hashtags and stuff to find these smaller girls who are just starting out similar to me and supporting them, I guess. So that's been really mm-hmm. fun to do that and connect with them. Speaking of Instagram, um, content-wise, mm. have you felt that you need to be posting more or less? Mm. I mean, I post a lot anyway, so (laughs) just naturally, I just, yeah, just, you know, I find that I'm just constantly taking photos of things Mm. or, but, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm trying to find new ways of finding interesting video content ideas. So for example, this Mm. morning I did a, you know, cause I've been doing my little behind the scenes kind yeah. of videos showing their progress and stuff and yes. they've only been going for kind of two minutes it's like a time lapse of what I'm doing mm-hmm. but I I got a few comments from some girls saying you know I'd really love to like have a bit longer form and like hear you talk through things and stuff so this mm-hmm. morning I did a video about like fashion illustration and essentially mm-hmm. the processes that I start with with building your own croquis which is like you know just a sketch of a body and then building on top of that, your garment and how to sketch that both physically and digitally and explaining, mm. you know, the different processes that I've learned. And mm-hmm. yeah, I found that really fun and the feedback that I got was really good. So I think once I'm in the studio as well, I'll hopefully be doing more video content like that because there's a lot of girls that follow me and guys, there's some guys as well that are studying fashion design and they mm-hmm. just want to know more about that process for someone who's mm. actually in it, you know. Yeah. So that's been really I mean, good. It, it always helps when you have um, more practical um, work to look at and not just theory. Mm, and yes. See how other people are doing it and maybe get some inspiration from them. Yeah, for sure. And integrating that into um, what they're doing, I guess, just to see like the real life application mm. yeah, of their studies. So. Well, that's been fun. But yeah, I feel like I've been, I haven't been posting as much because I'm, you know, I'm just on the precipice of like getting back out into the world and going to all these fabric stores and, you know, mm-hmm. running around the city and stuff like that. But I'm, I just feel like I'm just not there yet. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I said before, give it one more week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I feel similar. I, I mean, I have this on off thing with, social media where I Mm. post regularly and then I just kind of drop off and just Mm. do stories because it's easier yeah plus like mm, if I post it's usually something from traveling and considering throwbacks (laughs) I'm not doing that (laughs) yeah yeah so it's just kind of been on hold plus I didn't really know I don't know, I was struggling with if I should post at all and what kind of content I should be putting out. Um, Because nowadays everything kind of gets questions and scrutinized and commented on. Yeah. What what if people, what do people say to you, I guess? Like, it's just kind of this, well, considering I've been very quiet, I Mm. usually just do stories. It's been easier because mm. I just yeah it's either promoting a podcast or whatever I've been cooking at home love it I but love then... it <laughs> very aesthetically appealing oh to me 
<laughs> like, oh, that's so relaxing. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like I've kind of gotten the feeling that it's been seen as a competition, mm -hmm. which was never my intention when I was posting the books that I've been reading or mm. um, anything I've made in the kitchen that this kind of level had to be kept up with. Mm -hmm. um, it's more to serve as inspiration and what I'm doing to get through whatever kind of overwhelming anxiety causing situation I'm this finding is. like I find all that content like I really enjoy it I don't know mm. like I enjoy seeing other people cooking things and like reading different books same I can't imagine same. being like <laughs> very competitive about that kind of stuff but yeah some yeah. people are, you know but yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it up. I'm I'm here for you. Okay. <laughs> I will fangirl over what you're cooking. It's fine. <laughs> Thank you. You're um yeah, my body's been not so excited about all of it because I'm in isolation on my own, so whatever I cook I have to eat <laughs> oh, you by myself. Have to eat it. Damn it. <laughs> I know. Um But yeah, my body's been a little bit unhappy with me, saying oh. like, "Okay, calm down <laughs> on, the, on the bread." Like, on the bread. Oh God! Yeah, back to basics <laughs> for sure. Um, but let me ask you, what does a working day for you look like? Like you said, you stop working at around five thirty. So mm. do you set yourself? Um, hours or do you have kind of a routine going or is it just however so, you feel yeah I kind of I mean I usually wake up at about 7 30 but like my mm -hmm. husband leaves for work at about 5 30 so like this morning I just got up and was awake and stayed awake and just started planning my kind of video content that I did um mm -hmm. but yeah I usually start <clears throat> work at about 8 30 go through emails that kind of thing and then I usually do sewing in the afternoon. I don't know why. I just find it <clears throat> a lot easier to do. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, it's just a lot of admin and replying to emails and stuff. Um, and usually, you know, my one trip out of the house besides going for grocery shopping is um, going down to the post office. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of a, just a mixture of that at the moment or going to see my mum and to see the studio and how it's coming along and stuff. So, but yeah, like every day on the dot at midday, I have lunch. <laughs> I'm just one of those people who's just like starving at midday. I've always been I'm like the that. same. Yeah. I'm the same. Such yeah. a routine, like on the dot. And I've really been mm -hmm. um, enjoying listening to heaps of different podcasts, like, um, mm -hmm. Louis Theroux and his interviews with some interesting people and um, the Hilo, love that podcast. Nice. So, and the Harry Potter readings. Have you been listening to those? <gasps> what? Yeah. No. They're on Spotify. <gasps> it like oh, makes my amazing. heart so happy <gasps> listening to them. And they have that. the different actors and stuff reading different chapters. It's just Oh, that's amazing. awesome. Yeah. That's made me happy. So cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, for um, I, I'm the same way in terms of like having certain meals at always the same time. Always. It's just kind of like 
creature of habit. Yeah. But I remember when I worked at an advertising agency, they had their set hours for when you can have lunch. What? And yeah. <laughs> was it late in the day? Like, was it like a one thirty lunch? I couldn't do it. No, it was 12.30, but for some reason that half an hour. <laughs> Kills you. And then you can't concentrate Every day. on what you're doing. Oh my God, it's the worst. And then you have like an hour and you feel like you're being rushed and it's just, it didn't work out for me. Yeah, I feel so, you. Mm-mm. Um, <laughs> I swear, sometimes I just, I feel like I'm such a weird person no. weird habits but I'm glad someone shares them exactly <laughs> yeah even when I worked in my previous job like it would be like you know 5 to 12 or 10 to 12 and I'd just sneak off away from my desk <laughs> and just go and eat lunch and everyone like some people were still eating their breakfast and I'm just like I just I'm starving yeah <laughs> <laughs> um phone time Mm. Um, you say setting yourself a timer. Um, do you ever cheat? A hundred percent. I only tried to do the timer one day and that was like, I think it was yesterday. And I did, I got through a half an hour timer, which was, wow. I was like, that's a lot. Well, it felt like, it felt <laughs> like two hours. I and then, you. and then I tried to set a one hour timer and only made it like 45 minutes through it or something. Okay. So, but I, I'm only finding that I'm, I do it when I really need to, like I know I've got a problem mm-hmm. and I just keep picking my phone. So and it's giving me anxiety. So I just kind of do it when I really need to, but I don't know how to not pick up my phone. It's like a reflex. Yeah. Um, what do you usually check on your phone? Oh, it's always just Instagram. Yeah. Okay. And then what? I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah, and then when I'm, like, really just not entertained by television, I'll, I I never have TikTok on my phone, but when I'm just really craving some just, like, really, you know, cheesy entertainment, I'll just sneakily download it again and just watch all (laughs) stupid videos. I'm just like, what am I doing? Like, where did that two hours go? Oh, my God. It's not healthy. I do the same thing. Oh, my God. I feel like we're twins. Yeah, okay. I'm not this weird. Is a con- <laughs> this is a total confessions podcast because <laughs> one of my friends says, please don't be one of those people that watches TikTok. And I'm like, I, no. Yeah, I'm like, of course no, not. You. I'm far more <laughs> educated and mature than that. No, I'm definitely not. Oh, God. Yeah, but it's only yeah, when I'm I, at a real low point that I'll... <laughs> same. It's usually... It late in the evening if I can't sleep or like I just I'm yeah like you said you're bored of television like whatever is going on in the background um and then I just need to (laughs) go through some of these videos (laughs) but I feel like (laughs) my attention span Mm. has size down to about an like ant three seconds brain. yeah 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 and I that's just, the thing of tiktok it's just like if you're not hooked in the first like nanosecond you just swipe yeah yeah it's a bit but messed it's in, up it's it's crazy because i 
used to not have an issue about watching a movie or an, a, mm. a show, like a series episode of a series, um, without picking up my phone 50 mm. times yeah. during it. Um, but now, like, even Instagram stories are sometimes too long. And then I question <laughs> myself doing them. Like, why couldn't you condense that into two slides instead of, like, going on and on and on about it? Yeah, and that's what so, I felt. That's what I thought about my IGTVs that I was doing because they're only a few minutes. And when someone actually reached out and said, oh, can you do something a bit longer? I'm like, longer? I'm like, but that's... yours are educational. I mean, right. I... <laughs> Fair enough. They are. Like you see something, you know, you, and I think it's the satisfaction of seeing something come to life. Mm. Like if you're doing a garment or if you're showing sketching, mm. like you watch because you want to see the progression and you're actually interested in it. Mm. But when I do a story about, hey, ask me questions and it takes 10 slides. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> Being very self-critical. Yes. Okay. That's just <laughs> a little, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I will, still, it's... I will pause them and read them. <laughs> um, but yeah, the attention span has just kind of. Yes. Decreased. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Do you ever get into flow state? Um, when you work yeah definitely in the afternoons mm. I do um, it's usually between kind of 1 30 and four o'clock that I can just so non-stop and mm -hmm. but it does get to a point where I find myself more towards like five o'clock or whatever getting quite exhausted mm -hmm. um, but I'm getting slowly better at it I think it's just like building up your kind of energy levels and stuff to push through it and I've mm -hmm. realized now that instead of like say for at the moment like I'm working on um say eight five versions of one style mm -hmm. and so I've got all the pieces cut out for all the different sizes and instead of doing you know the cuffs of all of them I'll just do mm -hmm. one garment at a time and finish that completely Mm -hmm. whereas previously I would have done like the small the same small parts of every garment and then mm -hmm. slowly do them all at the same time and I was just finding it's just not it's not giving me that like level of achievement that I mm -hmm. was kind of craving so by doing the smaller tasks and doing it all at once and achieving it you know putting it in its bag and ticking it off my spreadsheet like I'm finding that a lot better to deal with mm -hmm. so yeah nice interesting yeah i forget what the question was <laughs> flow state <laughs> flow state right yeah my attention span is obviously just <laughs> as well all good a, yeah. do, do you get flow state on a regular basis or is it really just it really depends on the project or i, I don't know time in the month i mean flow state uh, because I'm doing so many things at once, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel very flowy in a way mm -hmm. because I'm constantly jumping between, you know, my marketing brain and my sales brain and my creative brain and my, you know, 
manufacturing the brain and looking forward mm-hmm. to strategy and then you know looking back from lessons and stuff so I feel like I'm constantly kind of jumping around but I am finding more of a I guess a flow state or like a routine every day to you know section off times in the day to think about those different things mm-hmm. so yeah finding a bit more routine I think routine I mean for me it's kind of solved a lot of issues Mm. um once I'm I've always been that way yeah um I've always needed some kind of routine even though I get bored really quickly so it's kind of just a fight within my brain the whole time Mm. but like I have certain things that I always do and for some reason always around the same time of the day and then the rest of the time like usually I'm most productive in the morning so I always have my emails and um kind of setting up the to-do list and figuring out what I have to do um and then in the creativity kind of jumps in in the afternoon where I kind of go nuts with yeah you can just do the work without analyzing it too much yeah I'm the same yeah yeah Um, we talked about the creative industry a little bit and Mm -hmm. its problems in our last conversation. Yes. And I want to ask you how you've set your pricing. Did you base it off of competitors? Um, did you just have a kind of natural feel for it? That's a really, really hard one and one that I've really mm. kind of struggled with the entire time. At the start, I priced everything really low because mm-hmm. I think naturally I, I'm i someone who hunts for a bargain anyway, right? Mm-hmm. I And also because with working in the fashion industry, you know, you understand the cost price of something and that the yeah. markup, you know, the profit that they're making off that is like, you know, 75 to 80%. Mm-hmm. So naturally I never used to spend that much money buying things because I knew the cost price of things. So I just assumed that everyone else was like that. So I priced my work quite low. So I'm like, you know, in comparison to this label and this label, like I'm on par. But then as I went, I'm like, those labels are manufacturing overseas. They're manufacturing thousands, tens of thousands of units so they can bring that cost down. They're not paying the right amount for labor like so I think over time it's been a real learning process and I still think mm-hmm. that the price that I'm charging is quite low for what is what I'm actually doing so I don't really mm-hmm. know of any other labels who are doing what I'm doing which is everything myself mm-hmm. do you know what I mean so yeah I know a lot of labels that kind of outsource you know whether it's local you know, mm-hmm. local studios or whether that's like to other countries. Um, and yeah, I just keep comparing myself to them and I'm like, oh, I've got to hit that price point. But, you know, I'm, <laughs> it's hard to compare it because it's it's not the same thing. So yeah, I'm still yeah. kind of trying to figure that out. But then I know that the demographic of the girls that follow me, like some women are willing to pay that amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um and some girls, like, you know, they. I've had a lot of girls reach out to me saying, I really i am trying to save up to get it and all that kind of stuff. So I've got to kind of keep 
different people in mind, but I think that's about a pricing architecture. So Mm -hmm. your entry level price points being quite accessible. Like I said, the scrunchies before, or, you know, your basic t-shirt or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so that's your entry level price point. And then you've got your top tier price points, which are like your custom garments. So I think it's about me strategizing and formulating that in a way that it's accessible to to all different people, I guess. Do you ever have to justify your pricing to anyone? I haven't had much pushback, but there has been a few times where, you know, clients will like see the price and they're like, okay, can I take this off it and this off it and this off it so they can reduce the price down, Mm -hmm. which is like, that's understandable, but I've never had someone outright say like, why is it that price? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think the reality is, is like, if you're requesting a custom garment like you're aware that it's not going to be like what you're going to pay to shop you know Mm -hmm. so yeah I've been lucky to not have much pushback so far but I would be happy to explain the exact price breakdown (laughs) to people if they would really like to know but um yeah it's um I think I'm definitely still underpricing it but you know it's a learning process. It's so hard for creative people. I don't know if you find oh, it man. the same thing, but it's oh. like, how do you put a value on that? And then you're like, there's other people out there doing this and that, and they're pricing it at this. And it's like, mm-hmm. how do you put a value on your own, like a piece of you? I don't know. It's, it's so difficult. Yeah. Um, I've had my fair share of experiences in this. Um, yeah, I feel like where... design is like, whole other level that and photo i think photography even more so because nowadays everyone calls themselves a photographer who has a smartphone yes so it's uh, it's been it's been a struggle for sure but whenever i have i mean i did the same thing when i started out i underpriced like crazy which I didn't realize until later on, but I was also struggling with calling myself a photographer just because I've been taking photos for years, Mm -hmm. but for fun. Like it was never as a job. Mm -hmm. It was always just something I liked doing and I was naturally good at. Mm -hmm. Um, But I never call myself a photographer because I kept saying like, look, there's other people that are more professional and most people want um, people photography or wedding photography or something like this, which I just don't enjoy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't do. Um, so I focus on lifestyle and product. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I remember when I, I had a client last year, towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. who asked for pricing for a month's worth of work for social media. Mm-hmm. So all content production and copywriting and everything. And I've had to amend that offer five times Whoa. until they were happy. happy. Yeah. Whoa. And then they cut the budget a couple months later because the justification was that I wasn't achieving sales, which is, and I have to keep telling people who want content um, creation that 
content creation does not equal sales on Instagram. And that shouldn't be the goal as to why you hire someone to do this. Um, But yeah, so I mean, for photography and graphic design, it's always like, I can do that myself. Or oh my god, don't even go there. <laughs> I so yeah, I used to be a textile designer yes. and I used to kind of, you know, do the prints on the garments and stuff and mm-hmm. my boss would be like, You can just whip that up right. Like it's that's like I could do that on PowerPoint in like two mm-hmm. minutes. And I was like, Are you like what you are you that, talking honey? Yeah. I, was like, I can't oh, yeah, I think we spoke it's, about this in our yeah, previous we did. Episode, but it's just like, yeah, it's so frustrating, but it's also like you've got to just, I don't know, you've got to be like, How okay, do you, here you go. Like if you, yeah. you pay for what you get, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you go to the dentist. Like if you go to a cheap dentist, you're going to get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Like, same but I mean – how is it that we still have to justify that it's it that's what blows my mind every time right when we give maybe I don't know I guess so because when we like you just said if you go to a cheap dentist you know exactly what you're gonna get as Mm. to where you if you pay more you know that you're gonna feel a whole lot better and you're not gonna have issues a couple months down the road where you have to go back Um, or if we need a lawyer for whatever reason we're not gonna think twice about oh my god um, they're only gonna work on this for an hour why am I paying this much for an hour but for some reason when you don't understand the field I guess the creative field because it's very open for interpretation as well I guess yeah it's like what is art like what is good art Mm -hmm. what is bad art like everyone has an opinion like Mm -hmm. you go to a dentist you know what good dentistry is and what (laughs) bad dentistry is like it's plain to see but with anything creative it's like it's it's in the like beauty's in the eye of the beholder it's really Mm -hmm. not you know black and white like that it's it's open yeah. for interpretation so I guess everyone just assumes that because it is open for interpretation that like they can just do it themselves and it'll be totally fine but that's the mm-hmm. thing like there's so much psychology behind especially graphic design there's mm-hmm. certain shapes certain colors and combinations that you learn when you're studying because mm-hmm. my husband did a um, graphic design diploma as well Um, it's like the things that you learn and the psychology that you go into as to what is good graphic design Mm -hmm. and how humans respond to colors and shapes and patterns. It's like you spend so much time learning that and studying that and then go take that into your job. And that's why your prices are a bit higher or whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. it's like, but no one knows how much work you've done to get to where you are and to have those thought processes when you're designing. It's not just like, I'm just going to draw a circle with another circle and put a color in it and it's fine. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you, that's where you, it gets difficult because um, I remember I had a project also last year that was packaging design and 
granted it started with the client not a hundred percent knowing what they wanted so it just that's evolved. really hard um yes <laughs> yeah, the balance between getting a client who um knows what they want but not to the point mm. where they're gonna like you know micromanage every single aspect mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. a client who is also happy to give you creative license yeah like the best kind of client is uh oh, this is i like this and i like that look here's a couple of examples but you put your stamp on it that's right. like the ideal client right know? like it g- gives you an overall brief of what it should entail but then gives you enough freedom to kind of put your spin on it yeah, and they respect um, your creative license yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge part of it. But this, um, this project, I they wanted too many things incorporated in the packaging, and then I, I was supposed to transform that vision into something physical, mm-hmm. which is all fun and games, except when they don't tell you what they're thinking. So you kind of have to start mind reading at the same time. You have to be a mind reader. Oh. A translator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it really is like that. And it's yeah. hard to be working with someone who doesn't know. Like if you find someone that you can work with, like mm. one of my previous bosses when I was a textile designer, me and her used to get along really well. And like I just mm. got what she was saying. And mm-hmm. even though she never, she didn't explain it to me in a way that's like very obvious. It's like I understood like the things that she was getting at and her thinking and her kind of like what she's, her inspiration and stuff like that. So we were on a good wavelength together. But if you don't mm-hmm. have that kind of flow of working together and being able to translate each other's, you know, mm-hmm. nonsense, it oh, is it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. And then you also have your own. I mean, you have your own touch. It's like a fingerprint that you put on, like the design aesthetic that you have. And then how do you just kind of mold all these different mm. things together to create that end product? Yeah. Um, and the amount of time it takes. I mean, I'm good at guesstimating how long a project will last, mm. but that project went over for 20 hours extra which they I didn't um, account for those I I I didn't predict that was going to happen because they seemed very confident in the beginning like yeah we know what we want Uh, and then it just kind of unraveled and um, then where do you draw the line and say whoa we're way over budget like we have to sit down and talk about how we're going to account for all these extra hours because while they would send emails saying like, yeah, but it's just three minor changes or like, can we try it like this or can we try it like that? But every time someone says, can we try it like this? Can we try it like that? You have no idea. (laughs) It's like, I've got to open up my Adobe suite. It's going to take 20 minutes. (laughs) Not just that, but the fact that oh, yeah. they want like one little box to move from one side to the other, but then you have to reconfigure mm. the whole layout so that it looks good all yeah. together, right? Yeah. It's not just about moving that one box. Yeah. And I, I think 
so many people forget how long that will actually take. And then when they say, yeah, but it's just like 10 minutes. I'm like, dude, no, that one change took an hour. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think one of the things when my husband was studying his graphic design diploma, he taught me a lot about contracts and like writing up that initial document Mm. at the beginning having that in the clause and, you know, it says, you know, we can have a maximum of, you know, three like changes. We can do three Mm -hmm. big changes and then every change after that you have to pay blah, blah, blah. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of like covering your bases, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, it's just like, I guess outlining that at the start, but it's really hard to know when your, your clients like, it's all good. It's going to be great. It's going to, We'll, we'll figure it out I've got a really clear idea and then it's like the complete opposite of that and you're like yeah it's a, a lot of the process of being a creative like I think a lot of creative people can be quite introverted but the hard thing about that is like a lot of creative work is dealing with clients and the social acts aspect relationship aspect of it I know so <laughs> I know no I feel you and when do you I mean as a startup um when do you stand up and say enough um Mm. we can't keep going for free like we have to start accounting for all these changes that you want like when do you set that boundary i know if you have a contract and you say like you mentioned like three big changes and then you start um pricing for all additional Mm. changes but when and i think that the whole woman factor plays into it a little bit when Mm. you have to stand up and be like a boss and say no we Mm. can't continue like this we have to restructure how we're moving forward totally and I think like sitting when you have to get to that point like I'm the type of person I'm I don't it's like this double-edged sword I want to say yes to everyone and I want everyone to be happy and I I really want you to be happy with your product and if it's not okay like tell me let's talk about it but then there's Mm -hmm. like this fine balance where it's like it can tip to the other side and I'm like you know that's enough we need to sort this out properly I you know we need to come to an agreement because it's not Mm -hmm. fair for you to be you know it's like this tug of war between trying to like you know please people and make sure they're happy but Mm -hmm. then the flip side of being like okay now you're just like taking advantage of this situation and Mm -hmm. I think the the really really messed up part is like when you put your foot down that's Mm -hmm. when people respect you like Mm -hmm. I find that's when a lot of people go oh okay that's where your boundary is um I respect that Mm -hmm. so it's like it's it sucks that it has to get to that point Mm -hmm. with a lot of people I mean don't get me wrong, 99% of the clients that I've worked with are like so wonderful and accommodating and like it's been amazing. But there are people who are more difficult to work with. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely like, you know, you have to – I find that I need to have a firm, you know, footing when it comes to that kind of stuff and not – and really stand my ground, I guess. Because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you're the expert. Do you know what I mean? True. Like – coming to you for your expertise mm-hmm. it's like you know I'm telling you that it can't be done that way or you know this and this and this needs to happen and if they're not happy with that you've got to be like look you know you know contract this is how it is if you want to leave that you know then that's up to you and mm-hmm. yeah, 
it's just being diplomatic but firm. But it is hard because naturally you don't want it to get to that point. Right. Um, and like you said, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser as well. Like mm. I hate disappointing someone. Sure. Um, but yeah, I question, have you ever dealt with the imposter syndrome? I I mean I have been like so sure of myself like since I was born it's one of those like Mm. really odd things like I Mm -hmm. just I mean I've learned a lot through like say with my fabric Fridays or whatever where I'm like learning Mm -hmm. about new fabrics and educating people I've had a lot of girls come back and be like oh there's this information and this information like oh that's great like Mm -hmm. I think because I'm in a position where I'm always willing to learn and I'm Mm -hmm. never saying that you know this is the information and there's nothing else this is the correct 100% information like I'm always willing to like learn new ways Mm -hmm. so I guess that kind of offsets that in a way but oh I don't think so I know that's a really odd thing to say because I know a lot of people get imposter syndrome but I don't know I haven't got it yet I mean I might get it I feel like I'm probably due for it (laughs) it's been like what almost 29 years of not having it so I'm sure I'll get it at some point probably like (laughs) tenfold but I know it's a really really common thing for a lot of creative Mm. people to feel that as they're kind of moving up the ranks and scaling up yeah so I'm sure I'll get it at some point (laughs) let's hope not I wouldn't wish that for you (laughs) it must be yeah I'm sure it's a real struggle but I yeah I Mm. think I've just I'm so solid in like who I am I just like refuse to bend (laughs) that's awesome I I mean it can really be it's been a downfall in sometimes but like you know it's funny like when you're a kid and stuff like you know people would say like you know she's so stubborn and she's she just wants it her way and it's like that's a bad thing but it's like now being in a business like that's the thing that's really pushing me is like those qualities that you know were seen as negative when I was younger and now like you know mm-hmm. my kind of backbone now so yeah yeah I when I was little I mean I'm still stubborn that's that hasn't oh, yeah. gone away um but I've always been very sure of myself but when it mm. comes to my work ooh, whole different ball game for some reason like I just kind of <laughs> oh I get nervous don't get me wrong like because I want people to love it and like mm. you know is it you know a little bit tight here are you sure it's right like don't get me wrong I feel mm. like that for sure and I want people to be happy mm-hmm. but I mean is that imposter syndrome <laughs> Because then, yes, I no. have it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I No, I don't. I wouldn't define that as imposter syndrome. I think that's normal, like getting nervous mm. about showing your work. And especially if someone pays for it, I think that always adds a little bit of a level of nervousness. Mm. I have that, too. But for me, um, it it doesn't happen with every single project. But with some, in the beginning more so, I would say that. Like when Mm. I started advertising myself as a photographer, that's kind of when this started happening where Mm. 
I would have to say I'm a photographer when someone asks me what I do for a living. And then they're like, oh, let me, can I see? Usually they ask for Instagram or whatever. And they check it out and they're like, that's really cool. And then I'm like in my head thinking, yeah, but I, I don't know. It's not professional <laughs> and I don't, oh. I mean, there's people that do this like way better than I do. And oh, it's like that self-deprecation, <laughs> just like, oh, God. oh, that's, yeah, it's really tough. Like, and, and then asking money for something, I'm like, what? No, like, <laughs> I'll give it to you for free. It's <laughs> yeah, <fine>. basically. <laughs> I think too because like maybe it's because like maybe graphic design is like your first thing in terms of like studying for that and because photography is more of a hobby it's kind of and you haven't you know in terms of four I feel like because I've had formal education and like you know 10 years experience Mm. in the industry that I am very confident in what I'm doing like mm-hmm. I've got that backing and that experience behind me. But say, for example, if I, I don't know, did something else that is a hobby of mine, like say I started jewelry making just for fun mm-hmm. and having not done any classes or education, I'd, I'd feel anxiety about that. Mm. But the thing oh. is, I don't have formal education in graphic design or photography. Oh. Like I, haha, yeah. I studied um, fashion business and design management so it's more marketing related Mm. um so yeah everything creative that you see I've taught myself that's amazing which is yeah it's I took a lot of time and (laughs) patience yeah but I I think I did or I'm doing pretty well considering absolutely Um, but yeah, so I guess it's also the fact that I don't have formal, I can't say I'm a learned graphic designer, like I don't have formal education that that adds to the little anxiety of why the hell are you charging people money <laughs> for <laughs> something that you do? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a hard one for sure. For sure. Um, can you leave work at your desk or do you take it with you? <laughs> oh, God. Such a great question. <laughs> Absolutely no, I can't leave work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it's so funny because, like, every night, like, I go to bed. I just, just before I'm falling asleep, like, I'm just thinking of all the things that I need to do. And I think that just comes with running your own business. Like, you're just... Mm constantly on like there's never an off because you're mm-hmm. it's for you and and how hard you work right. is how successful you become but mm-hmm. you know it's a fine balance between like not completely burning yourself out mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to be like once I can go to the studio and physically leave the house <laughs> mm-hmm. it's going to be a physical movement that allows me to disconnect work Mm -hmm. from home which I think Mm -hmm. will help Mm -hmm. and yeah like like you said and I said as well with yoga and those practices to just kind of sever that connection for a little bit to kind of get back in your own body and your own mind and like just to connect the work self from who you actually are Mm. it's a hard one though because like what I 
do now for a living is so connected to who I am Mm -hmm. anyway it's hard to disconnect yeah do you know what I mean Yeah. yeah whereas previously when I was in my old job like it was, you know, working for another company or whatever. So I was mm. just like, oh, yeah, cool. Go to there, leave work, come home. It's all good. I can live my life now on the weekend and mm-hmm. whatever. But now it's like I love what I do and, like, that's mm. me and I'm creating things that are little pieces of me and, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like an extension of yourself. Like you have a third arm in a way. That sounds yeah. creepy, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's just – it's natural right like you're doing something that you love that you just want to spend more time with and I I would assume also the fact that you're solely responsible for everything that you can't just drop it and be like uh let's see how it goes and (laughs) it'll figure itself out I feel like it would be more stressful if I was responsible for other people because like that's a whole other thing oh yeah that's a whole nother level (laughs) yeah 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 but I feel like um the beauty of kind of you know Instagram and stuff and showing Mm. everything that I'm doing when I do Mm. have bad days where I just like I'm just not connecting creatively I'm just exhausted I just can't face a sewing machine like I usually instantly think, oh, no, I shouldn't share that. Like, I should just, like, get on with it. But I found that the more honest I am and real about what's actually happening, like, people connect with that more. Yeah. And, like, in turn, that, like, that relationship that I've got with all these different girls on Instagram and, like, you know, just those regular girls that are in your DMs, like, they're just so supportive and it's, like, Mm. that – that gives me the motivation to like, yeah, I'm just going to rest for like today or like a couple of hours and then I'll go back and be good. So mm. I think the honesty part of the situation showing this situation honestly is like so important. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you share though, I should know considering I watch your stories, <laughs> <laughs> but if you, if you share the, the downsides of um, working for yourself, um, or if you're having any kind of difficult moment. Yeah, and, I think I had um, one. I had one like two days ago. I ha- <laughs> Like my husband gets home at about four o'clock in the afternoon and he mm-hmm. just walked into the sewing room and I just looked up from my sewing machine and he's like, whoa. And I'm like, can we like go outside and go for a walk? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, let's go. I'm like, yeah. thank you. <laughs> You know, like I'd been at my sewing machine for like eight hours or something. And because Mm. I'm home by myself, I just keep going. And, you know, I think, and then for some reason, my sewing machine started malfunctioning and I was like, I just can't deal with this right now. But yeah, I think it's, it's a double-edged sword. I know I've Mm. said that like a million times already, but it's like, you want to, like, I am so happy I'm in such a good place, like mm-hmm. doing what I'm doing and having made that choice, like, but, and it's like, you want to share that and not be complaining when you're having hard days. But I think, yeah, it needs to be like an honest depiction of what's actually happening. So right. I think it's a, it needs to be a balanced thing. So I think I will probably share more of it. Especially in today's time where the Instagram 
version of everyone is not honest at all. I mean, mm. we're all guilty of showing the best parts of everything, mm. but then we lose touch with the actual human side of Absolutely. everything. Yeah. So I think the more we share about not having a good day or something that went wrong or something that we're going through, mm. um, it comes like the, the human touch comes back and we start yeah. realizing, hey, we don't always yeah. have to have <laughs> super positive and everything has to be great. And yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, and I think like, especially if you're, a creative it helps people understand that mm. you know what you the the level of work that you're putting in not just physical work but like creatively like when you're a creative person like that's that's like your soul energy right and you're mm -hmm. slowly giving bits and pieces of it constantly pieces of yourself into your work and mm -hmm. so it's important for them to know like if you give you know it's worth it's the value of it is so rich I guess mm -hmm. and like it's that's what the money that they pay for it's like you're pulling out parts of you and yep. weaving it into whatever it is you're doing and that's what they're paying for really right so important yeah it's that, building that, that emotional yeah it's building that emotional connection to you mm. um which is really important for a brand yeah um, to have that with that customer yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask you working from home if what if that is a positive or a negative um, and because you've had the experience of working in an office hmm. if you have a preference oh. oh that's a hard one I mean I think that's probably why I'm reaching for my phone every two seconds is to like get <laughs> that level of like socialization mm -hmm. with people and all that so I've just made that connection. So I kind of miss that social aspect. But yeah. to be honest, I'm good being mm -hmm. by myself. Like mm -hmm. I, <laughs> yes, I'm not big on lots of people. <laughs> same. Are you the same? <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, like I'm good not seeing people. I'm like quite <laughs> introverted. I swear I'm like like a eighty year old woman knitting and like yep. watching the BBC yep. and like yes. watching <laughs> train shows and bloody antiques roadshow, drinking my tea. Like I'm yeah, who knows what I'll be like when I'm eighty? I'll probably be at like a rave or something like that. But flip <laughs> <just look> it out, <laughs> just reverse the you know the life cycle. That would be epic. <laughs> <laughs> just regress. Yeah, it'll be great. Who oh knows what'll happen. Yeah, no, Pink I'm care good. at 80 raving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glow sticks, just like going for it. Yeah. <laughs> I can see it now. Oh, God. But yeah, no, I, I'm i good not being around a lot of people. I think like I, I, I still really enjoy connecting with people, whether that's like, mm. I mean, there's, there's not much of a, you know, real one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face connection is like, a whole different level but for sure you know, right now we can't really do that anyway so no. but once we can I'll definitely be out about out and about seeing those people and stuff but yeah I'm not yeah. like a huge social person person anyway mm. so, yeah, it fits in pretty well <laughs> so quarantine hasn't been that 
huge of a change for no, you apart no. from like fabric shopping I would assume yeah. is a difficulty now yeah um and just those qualitative social interactions that's literally all <laughs> yeah same for me it's just <laughs> like my me. really small circle of close mm-hmm. friends and fabric shopping mm. and just like maybe going to art galleries and a couple of restaurants but to oh. be honest it's really not that different yeah yeah hermit life i'm with you grandma life <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I would fit great into um, Grace and Frankie, that show. I don't know I if you've seen watch it on that. Netflix. Oh, do it. Okay. Do it. Jane Fonda, right? Yes. Okay. I'll put on my um, Okay, I'm seeing that we've been talking for over an hour already. <laughs> <laughs> See, but I want to, like, I have so many more questions. And yeah. I feel like we should maybe do this on a by month like a monthly basis Ooh. if you want yeah. to I'm down for that we can cover some more topics yeah. but before we go yeah. I would like to know um, a book that you can recommend oh. a podcast that you can recommend and a movie that you can recommend okay Ooh. <laughs> what was the last book I read Uh, I mean, okay, so I have a weird taste in books. Not weird, but, like, wouldn't expect it. I love fantasy novels. Ooh. So, like, you know, what, how can I explain? You know, like, have you watched Outlander? No, but everyone's been telling me to get on it. Love Outlander. (laughs) Okay. Love anything with, like, angels and demons and love quadrangles and stuff. So, okay. But, I mean, the last really great book I read um was the sequel to Call Me By Your Name by Andrea okay. Simone. I think mm-hmm. it was Find Me. Yeah. So that was just like following up on have you seen the movie or read the book? Yes. I've seen Sorry. the movie. Um I loved it. Oh you should read the book just like okay. the descriptions of Italy and Oh, you would just love it. So this, the sequel is about um, Elio's father and then, like, mm-hmm. Elio when he's older. And it's mm-hmm. just so beautiful. So that's okay. probably a book. Mm-hmm. Podcast. Ooh. I've been listening to a lot of Louis Theroux's one. Um, he recently did one with Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, my God. It was that's... so funny. She's, like, <laughs> fantastic and just, like, does not care about anyone. Yes. I love whatever that. She <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was a great podcast. And then movie. Oh, I finally watched um Funny Face with Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> Yay. And the visuals were like next level. They were so stunning. Mm-hmm. And she's just hilarious. Like she's such a comedic person. I don't know. And her voice yeah. is just incredible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're my three. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking some time. No worries. And um, let's – we'll message again, and then we'll figure out when to do this um, soon yeah, again. For sure. And, like, happy to, it. like, 
talk about just different topics in the fashion industry. Yes. I'd love to talk about like more about sizing and body image. And... Yeah, we did. <laughs> we, did. we were supposed to cover that. Oh, God. Just... We just caught up too much. <laughs> we, it's fine. It's fine. But we have, yeah. Why don't you send me a list of um, topics that you want to mm. talk about more? Um, and I'll do the same and then we can we can schedule all of those that sounds great thank you so much for taking the time it was epic time flew by and I had such an awesome time recording and I knew that we weren't done chatting so and you already know all of this if you listen to the episode I asked if she was interested to keep doing catch-ups and record more episodes where we talk about different topics and actually cover all of them because we couldn't even talk about all the ones we wanted to today which was the creative industry more in depth and psychology of sizing the breaking of the fashion system and her answer which you know if you listen all the way to the end was yes so it's a wild, wild time right now and the need for connection has grown more and more. So I seriously cherish these conversations that I have on as well as off mic with some of you. And my mind is low-key blown by the fact that two self-employed women who are figuring it out on the go, sitting on opposite sides of our planet Earth, never having met, can connect via audio. It goes to show that human connection is the most epic thing there is. And I don't know if that sentence made any sense, but I hope it resonated with some of you. I've been questioning human behavior so much over the last few months. And it's moments like these where you really cherish just having a chat with someone and sharing your experiences. So more to come. And I hope you're as excited as I am. Also, please check out Veronica on social. I know I'm fangirling, but for a very, very good reason. Her work is so beautiful and special. And if you want to treat yourself to something unique, Veronica is your go-to. As always, share it. Write us if you have any questions. And also, write us if you have any topics you'd like us to cover. 